Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The It's a Brand New Day edition as the Bengals get a badly needed win on Monday Night Football, topping the Rams 19-16. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and post-game analysis from Dave Lapham. Then, in this week's Fun Facts Conversation, we'll hear from a Bengals rookie whose life could be made into a movie. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if that is eventually the case. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since Why We Love Baseball. That's the name of a book by former Cincinnati sports writer Joe Posnanski that's a countdown of 50 memorable moments in baseball history, some famous, some obscure. For example... In 1962, as rookie pitcher Gaylord Perry took batting practice, his manager, Alvin Dark, remarked that we'll have a man on the moon before he hits a home run. Seven years later, exactly 34 minutes after Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon, Perry hit the first of his six career home runs. The book is filled with great stories like that, and nobody tells them better than Joe Posnanski. So while this is a Bengals podcast, I think just about any sports fan would enjoy the book, Why We Love Baseball. Now, let's get to football and the radio replays from last night's win. Sports history is filled with memorable stories of great athletes overcoming injuries and illness to triumph. The Michael Jordan flu game, Kurt Schilling in his bloody sock, and Tiger Woods winning a U.S. Open on a broken leg. Tonight, Joe Burrow will gut it out and try to lead the Bengals to a badly needed victory despite a nagging calf injury. It's a rematch of Super Bowl 56. The Bengals and Rams on Monday Night Football. And it is time for the pigskin to fly in the jungle. Stafford sends Nakua in motion. Fakes a handoff, looks to throw. Finish! Under pressure and sacked by D.J. Reeder, back at the 13-yard line. The snap, the placement, and the right-footed kick, it is right down the middle, and the Rams are on the scoreboard, but they get three, not seven, and take a three-nothing lead. Money Mac, two for four on his field goal attempts this season. He missed from 56 in the first quarter. This will be a 49-yard try from the left hash. Adam Midas will snap. Robbins will hold. Here comes the kick. It's on its way, and it oh, yeah. is good. Yeah. And the Bengals tie it on a 49-yard field goal by Evan McPherson. The Rams at their own 30. Stafford back to throw. Has to scramble. Sidearm. Boom. Pick picked it. off. Yeah. Intercepted at the 41 by Logan Wilson. And the Bengals will start in Rams territory with 3.38 left in the half. A big assist to Trey Hendrickson. His pressure caused that interception. Here comes the 53-yard kick. It looks like it's right down the middle. And it is good to tie the score at halftime. The Rams will go empty. Three receivers right, two left. 
Stafford ready. Atwell goes in jet motion. Stafford Finish. to throw. Yeah, Hendrickson has him yeah. and sacks him at the 25. That's the matchup right now. Trey Hendrickson against the backup left tackle, Zach Thomas. 61 yards on the drive so far. The Bengals started at their own 25. They're down to the 14 of L.A., trailing by three. Burrow gives to Mixon. Joe finds room up Get the in. middle. Yeah. He runs into yeah. the end zone. Nice. Touchdown, nice. Bengals. And now he does a jungle jump. Into the crowd, sitting with the fans after scoring a go-ahead touchdown with 5.34 left in the third quarter. It's the first lead of the season for the Cincinnati Bengals. They finally are playing with a lead. Quick snap, Stafford to throw again, over the middle, oh, deflected and picked hit. off at nice. the 22. Nice. It was deflected. Wilson. And picked off by Wilson. Logan Wilson. Yeah. Hilton deflected it. Gets up, begins celebrating with his teammates. The Bengals get their second pick, both by Logan Wilson, and have it at the 21-yard line. First and 10 Bengals at their own 25. They lead by four, 4.48 left in the third quarter. Now they line up in a pistol formation. They fake a toss to the left. Burrow throws downfield. Chase catches at the 50. Looks for a cutback and gets tackled inside the 35. He's brought down at the 32 by Jordan Fuller. 43 yards to numero uno. The gadget, the gimmick, called at a perfect time. Man, that was beautiful. Stafford back to pass again. Here comes the rush. Oh, Nailed Hendrick by Hendrickson, who is abusing Zach Thomas. He sacks Stafford at the 12-yard line. This will be... A 54-yard field goal attempt for Evan McPherson. He's made three field goals so far tonight, one from 50-plus. Here comes the right-footed kick. He has the distance. Oh, it yeah. is oh, yeah. good. Money Mac delivers. Yeah. He's hit from 48, 49, 53, and 54. And the Bengals have a 10-point lead, 19-9, with 7.13 to go. Miles Murphy checks in for fresh legs. Stafford back to pass. Finish. Under pressure. Boom. Sacked. Woo. Sam Hubbard's got him at the 40-yard line for a 7-yard sack. The Rams looking for a touchdown to pull within three. Atwell goes in motion out to the left. Stafford looking his way. Ah. He throws. Nobody near 2-2 Atwell. He makes the catch for a Rams touchdown with 63 seconds left in regulation. 103 to go, Maher ready for the onside kick. The Bengals up three, he dribbles it forward. The Bengals recover yeah. it. Mitchell Wilcox grabbing the ball at the 46, and that is Coffin Nails. Bam, bam, bam. Yes, sir, Mitchell Wilcox. Big play right there. Burrow takes the snap. He takes a knee. The Rams cannot stop the clock. And the final 33 seconds will tick down as the Bengals get a desperately needed win and beat the Rams 19-16. to So let's get to Joe Burrow. He said after the game that his calf started to improve on Friday. And by Sunday, he knew he would be able to play. But Jamar Chase says he didn't know his quarterback would play until the pregame warm-ups. I didn't want him to play. I, I told him that again after the game. I was like, I'm, you got nuts, boy. I didn't want you to play. So, I mean, that just shows that, you know, Joe's hard-headed. But, you know, he's a football player, man. And 
you can't knock them for being tough like that. And they don't make too many quarterbacks tough like that. Is that but, the kind of guy you want as your quarterback? Hell yeah, man. If you're going to come to practice like that, you wanna, you're going to have that type of work ethic. You know what I'm saying? And it takes a lot to be a quarterback and still play injured. You know what I'm saying? You're getting rushed every play. You got to drop every play. So, you know, he got a lot of balls to be out there playing. Burrow finished 26 for 49 for 259 yards with no touchdowns, one pick, and a passer rating of 59.8. Those numbers would have been better if not for some uncharacteristic drops by T. Higgins. Most importantly, Burrow said after the game that there were no setbacks, and his calf feels much better than it did after the Baltimore game. Dave Lapham talked to Burrow in the locker room. i got to congratulate you as much as anything. I, I'm telling you, as a former offensive lineman, you inspired me, man. I mean, that was an inspirational performance. Toughness, physical, mental, um, how do you do it? Well, we, we got through it. We got through it. That's the game. You're fighting through injuries. That's part of it. We got to get better. Uh, I wasn't good enough tonight, but uh, it was good enough to win. Good enough to win. And, and I'll tell you, man, I mean, the leadership that you showed tonight, I mean, you, you lifted your football team by just going out there and doing what you did. I mean, I'm not sure that you have a full, I guess you probably do have a full grasp of what you mean to this football team. Was that part of your thought process, whether you were going to play or not? Yeah, well, we needed this one. We needed this one. You can't go in three and expect to to reach the goals that, that you want to reach. I know it's a long season, but uh, you start out 0-3, it's going to uh, it's going to set you back. So we needed this one bad, so I wanted to be out there for my guys. I'll uh, give you a stat to back up your comment on that. 251 games since the Super Bowl era. 251 teams have started 0-3. Six have made the playoffs. So... It's big. This is big. Now, since 2020, when they redid the playoff uh, format, one and two teams, 30%, almost one out of every three, make the playoffs. This was huge tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, we needed it. We needed it bad. The defense stepped up big time. They, they played really well all night. O-line played really well all night as well. Um, we got a lot to improve on, but it's a good start. And finally, was there any point in the game where, oh, man, sucker jazzed a little bit on me i mean or did you did you have to fight through anything like that or, or how did it go for you oh no, no we got through it we got through it so i uh i'm feeling good it's gonna feel better this week it's just gonna take time um so we'll we'll, we'll take it by, day by day and, and i guess i lied one fine when you get hit like you did i was like man i was holding my brother i'm like come on joe <laughs> get up man i mean that did you feel anything in that or was that just that another day at the office Another day at the office. That's that's football. You're going to get hit. Defensive linemen are too good. They're going to get back there. It's, you just got to take them and, and move on to the next one. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers, Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. The Bengals still have not scored an offensive touchdown in the first half this year, but on their first possession of the second half, they put together a 10-play, 75-yard drive that ended with Joe Mixon's 14-yard touchdown run. It gave them a lead they never relinquished. Joe finished with 19 carries for 65 yards to help the Bengals avoid 0-3. Joe, how badly did you need this tonight? We needed it bad, you know, as a unit, as a whole team. Um, it was ugly first half, but, you know, we got it together, came out with the dub, which was the most important, man. So it's a, uh, it's a great thing, a uh, great feeling to have. Describe the touchdown run. Yeah, man, so um, pretty much 
got a double team up to the linebacker and they blocked it well. I hit it backside, cut back, and um, just, you know, I ran a safety and ran it to the touchdown. What does it mean to everybody in the room that Joe Burrow gutted it out and played? Um, I mean, it was a great thing, man, to, you know, show his grit and, you know, his will and want to to pull up with us and to play this here Monday night and uh, come through and deliver. So it was a great thing for us. Six sacks, two takeaways for the defense against a really good offense. Yeah. What would you think? Man, they played their ass off. They played great football. Um, all of them guys was hyped up. They was playing with energy, um, and it was all will and want to. And I'm just, you know, happy them guys was getting to the quarterback, and um, they always looking damn good. So, you know, I'm just happy for them. It is really hard to come back from 0-3 to make the playoffs. Yeah. So to get this one, how important is it to the group? Um, it was very important. Um, we've been in this position before. And we didn't got out of it and obviously got on top and um, real close to the finish line. So uh, I think we'll get back as long as, you know, we just keep handling, handling it one week at a time, um, one day at a time. Just keep going and keep studying, doing all the little things. And I feel like we'll be in a great position, man. Is it elation or relief to get the win tonight? Um, it was more so of we finally got that first one out of the way. And uh, it's a big sigh of relief, and now it's time to, you know, get ready for Tennessee. Perhaps the biggest key to the win was Cincinnati's pass rush. The Bengals had six sacks and ten quarterback hits. Trey Hendrickson had two of the sacks and two more that were negated by penalties. The Bengals also had a pair of takeaways on interceptions by linebacker Logan Wilson. How proud are you of the entire group tonight? Yeah, I mean, we stayed together the entire game and found a way to win. Um, sometimes it's not always pretty to get wins in this league, and that's a good team. Um, we got a lot of respect for them, and at the end of the day, we found a way to get a win. That's the most important thing. We'll get to your interceptions, I promise, but the pass rush, yeah, I don't need to worry about six it. sacks, a Huge. couple that were negated by penalties. Yep. The pressure was relentless. Absolutely. I mean, even though one of my interceptions, there was a tip ball by Mike, so that was, that was pressure. So um, we were getting after him all night, not, not letting him get comfortable, because if you let a quarterback like that get comfortable, he's usually going to pick you apart. All right, let's talk about the interceptions now. You described one. You've had a knack for this throughout your NFL career. I think that's nine picks now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to take the ones that, that come to you. Um, and I had two opportunities to make play on the ball, and I just ended up making more plays. What it mean that Joe answered the bell and played this game? Yeah, it's a tough, gutsy performance from our franchise quarterback. And, um, you know, he doesn't need to be coming out here and do that, but he understands the importance of it. And um, that's just the type of guy you want leading this team, leading this organization. And, um, that's why I pay him the big bucks. I'm always hesitant to use the term must win. It's so early in the season. Right. A lot of things can happen, but it's obviously a critically important win. Yes, absolutely. You always want to get back in the win column. You don't want to go in three and start the season because um, then your chances, obviously, of getting the playoffs are pretty slim. Um, we understood that, and we kind of view this as a game we needed to win anyway um, in front of our home crowd, and they, they certainly helped us. The Rams' offense was off to a great start this season. To yeah. shut them down to that extent was a pretty remarkable performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we had a good game plan all week, best week of practice going in, and um, we were able to execute. Congrats on the win. Thank you. With the win, the Bengals are 1-2 and two and a game behind the other three teams in the AFC North. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland are all 2-1. The Ravens and Browns face each other this week in Cleveland. The Steelers have a road game at Houston. Now, let's hear from head coach Zach Taylor, who spent a few minutes with Lap after the game. Win number one. It's always hardest to get the first one, and you got it. 
Yeah, you're speaking the truth. You know, it was uh, like pulling teeth to get this first win. But now that we got that off our back, you're going to see this team free up and play the way we know how to play. You got that lead, and then you built on the lead. I mean, it took a while to get that first lead of the season. How different is it calling plays when you're calling plays with a lead? Yeah, it's night and day different. You know, and it allows the defense to play a lot freer, too. There's not so much pressure on them to give up points, and the other team expand on the lead. So I thought in the second half we had great team team effort in all three phases and allowed us to get away with this one. What can you say about Joe Burrow? I mean, he was inspirational. As a former player, I'm like, boy, this dude... I'd follow him anywhere. If he told me to put on a gasoline suit and walk through hell, I'd do it. Yeah, we can't take it for granted. You know, a guy playing through an injury like that, at the position he is, there's so much mental that goes on, um, and he's got to deal with the physical as well, and so proud that he's our quarterback. What about Jamar Chase? 12 receptions for 141 yards, one short of the team record, a career high for him, obviously. How big was Jamar today? Yeah, it was tough because they were trying to cloud him and move around with him the whole game, and uh, so we were just finding different ways to get him the ball, and he, he made it paid off for us big time whenever he was able to get the, his hands on the ball. Did the, did the L.A. Rams defensively do anything that you didn't anticipate, made quick adjustments if they did? Yeah, they, they play a lot of two safety looks, try to keep things in front, minimize the explosives, let Aaron Donald go to work. And I thought our offensive line did an outstanding job controlling uh, their front and allowing Joe to have the time to throw the ball. I thought both defenses were, were tough to work against. Aaron Donald, obviously inside, is a dominant figure. Trey Hendrickson on the edge, he had four sacks. Only two of them counted, unfortunately. There were a couple uh, that were deleted by penalty, but he was he was giving Thomas a real world of problems on that edge. He sure was, and, and Trey had a great game, and usually when, when he's having a great game and he's the other guys are doing their job and eating the blocks as well, and he's finished it off. So really proud of our defense as a whole today. The defense, uh, third down, they were 0 for 10. They go 1 for 11 because they get a third down on the touchdown. So they were 0 for 3 in the red zone, and they get the third down, their only third down conversion, their only touchdown on that same play. But that is a dominant performance. It sure is. You know, when a team can't extend the drives the way they are, and they got to be so efficient on first, second down, it makes it really difficult. And so, again, our defense did a great job. Lou did a great job mixing up the calls, putting them in really good positions. So that was great to see. You had some difficulty on third down because you were facing so many third and 10 or more. It was crazy. I mean, in the first half, all seven of your third down conversions that weren't converted were 10 yards or more, and, and there were some false starts and penalties that created problems for you. Uh, there's always things to clean up. That seems to be a big one. Yeah, I, first half, we just didn't play good enough. Whether it was penalties, whether it was bad play calls to get us out of rhythm, whether it was drops, um, we just weren't, weren't all on the same page. I thought we'd really cleaned it up and did a much better job in the second half. Joe Mixon, all year long, has finished every run. I mean, I, I can't think of a run where... He was, he's been knocked backwards. I mean, he, he seems to be running behind his pads and finishing everything. Yeah, I, I think Joe's given us exactly what we need from him in the run and the pass game, and so that's been really good to see. Coach, now you have a, you had a long week, and now you have the Monday night game. You have a short week. I'm sure you've got this, this whole thing planned out, but what, how difficult is a short week of preparation in the National Football League? Oh, it's challenging for the coaches. You've got to put together a plan, but they've already been working on that, so we'll, we'll give the players an extra day off of their legs here. Do a walkthrough on Wednesday and get back to full speed on Thursday. Appreciate your time. Congratulations on the big win. Here we go. Now, you, you guys are known for stringing a few together, Coach, so we're expected it. Yep, that's what we're playing on. <laughs> the other man, appreciate you. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at Paycor.com. Now, time for the Radio Guys Recap. 
Lap, last Monday night, the Steelers beat the Browns because of Pittsburgh's defense. They scored a couple of touchdowns. The offense really didn't do much. They didn't have to. The Bengals' offense was better tonight than the Steelers' offense was last week, but the defense won this game. There's no doubt. I mean, when you look at some of the critical stats, I mean, they, they were 0 for 10 on their first 10 third downs. They converted one, and it happened to be the touchdown at the end of the football game. So they get a third down conversion. They get their only red zone touchdown on the same play. Um, so three possessions before that, three field goals. One for four in the red zone, one for 11 on third down. Are you kidding me? Against a team that came into the league, it came into the game second in the league in third down percentage. I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, the Bengals defense definitely stepped up and said, we've got a quarterback that's sucking it up. He's inspirational. We're inspired. We're going to play inspired. And they did. The 49ers have a great defense. The Rams went up and down the field against San Francisco last week. Now, San Fran ultimately won the game by seven. But it wasn't because the 49ers defense dominated. It was because the offense was great, whereas the Bengals were able to do a much better job against that Rams offense than even the great 49ers defense did. Absolutely. They controlled the ground game. That wasn't an issue. And then they teed off on Stafford. I mean, teed off on him. And Lou Anarumo was at his doctor defense best. I mean, he had seven guys at times in the box. And Stafford's seeing ghosts. Who's coming? Who's not? You know, simulated pressures. And it was, it was remarkable. And then you had Trey Hendrickson just dominating Thomas. Thomas is going to have nightmares tonight. When he closes his eyes, he's going to see 91 blowing by him up the football field. Um, so, and then, you know, others did their job as well. I mean, Trey was a, a huge factor. He was the initial pressure guy, and other guys were in the lanes they were supposed to be in. Sam Hubbard got his sack, and other guys, you know, got pressures as well. But Matthew Stafford was not comfortable. They made him get off his spot, and he was... <laughs> Very inaccurate. And he came into the league, into the game, I should say, top five in the league in attempts, completions, and yards. And tonight, wasn't like that. At 6.02 tonight, Joe Burrow walked out of the tunnel, onto the field a little more than two hours before kickoff. He sat down on the bench. Jamar Chase sat down next to him. Jamar said he didn't know at that point whether Joe was going to play or not. And, and Jamar told him not to. He continues to insist that he just wants Joe to take however much time is needed to fully recover. Well, Joe Burrow wasn't going to do that. If he could walk tonight without excruciating pain, he was going to play. And I think with the possible exception of Jamar Chase, everybody else in that locker room really was wowed by the fact that he would gut it out and do whatever was necessary to win this game. I agree with you. I think his offensive line was inspired. The defense was inspired. And Jamar had 12 catches for 141 yards. So he, <laughs> he, he ended up the beneficiary of some pretty good stuff. He came within a personal high, obviously, and came within one of tying the franchise record of 13 by Carl Pickens. So, um, and, and I did get a chance to talk to Joe after the game, and he said, none worse for the wear, but still have work to do. I mean, physically, yeah. you know, he's not done with the rehab or anything, obviously. Um, he's never said he's 100%, so he hasn't been 100%. But for him to go out there and, and do what he did, and I, I 
told him, man, when you got smashed, and I was holding my breath a little bit. He goes, you know, that happens. It's the National Football League. Guys are gonna, guys are gonna hit you. But um, he, uh, he is a courageous dude, man. He's one tough hombre, physically and mentally. If the Bengals and Rams don't meet in the Super Bowl, the Bengals might never have to see Aaron Donald again, which the offensive line would appreciate. That dude is a, just a, a game wrecker. There's no other way to put it. He is a human bowling ball. Um, you know, I thought, okay, run at him because a lot of times he's given that first step quickness thing, and if you kind of run at him, if he guesses wrong, you can gash him. But he was knocking people backwards. I mean, you know, he's six feet tall and he's 280 pounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. He is a fire hydrant that has extreme short space quickness. He is a genetic rarity. There is no question about that. And, you know, we talk all the time in the offensive and defensive line about leverage, pad level. He's automatically, you have to come out on your hands and knees to get under his pads. And he's so strong and powerful and explosive. He's got that low pad level, then all that other stuff to follow. That is a, that is a task. That's a tall order blocking that dude. I'm going to ask you a question I asked Joe Mixon. Is the emotion tonight elation or relief? That's a that's a damn good question. <laughs> I, th I think it's both, you know? Yeah. I do. I think I think um, elation, you know, it's, it's hard to win in the NFL, no matter who you're playing. Um, as we saw, there were some huge upsets this week. I mean, who expected the Jaguars to get handled? Who expected Denver to give up 70 points and 726 yards? I mean, there were some crazy things that took place. And Denver's defense could go out next week and play like a top-five defense, like I think they really are. So you, you just never know. So you take victories. You never take them for granted. Um, so there's some relief there. Um, but I think there's elation as well. One of those upsets yesterday was also the Colts over the Ravens in Baltimore, and Matt Gay was the hero with four field goals of 53-plus. Evan McPherson didn't do that, but he didn't miss that by much. 48-49, 53-54, and a miss from 56, I guess it was. Yeah. I mean, we take his greatness for granted. A 48-yard field goal for him seems like a 22-yard field goal for most kickers. It, it is incredible. I mean... The 56-yarder had plenty. He just, um, you know, overcooked it a little bit, just pulled it slightly, and, and it, it, hooked, it hooked wide left. But, man, this guy, when he, when he strikes the ball, it's like his, his leg speed is incredible. And um, I don't know how he doesn't dislocate his leg from his hip when he swings, <laughs> swings as hard as he swings all the time. But, but he, is, he is a unique and special talent. And, you know, what a weapon. Um, if, when you have somebody like that, that you know, you know, just like Baltimore experiences, when you have great kickers and you, and you know it's going to come down to a potential game winner and all you have to do is, you know, get the ball to the 40-yard line, maybe even the 45, you might still have a shot. I mean, that, that is ridiculous. That, that gives you so, – and, and defensively, it changes the whole dynamic how you have to play defense. I mean, literally – I mean, he's as big a game-changer as a kicker as Aaron Donald is as a defensive lineman. The sun is shining after the first win of the year. There's only one undefeated team left in the AFC. That's Miami. The Bengals are a game behind uh, the first-place team in their division. It's amazing what one victory does for the collective mindset of the team. It really is. I mean, 
uh, talked about it before the game. If, if the Bengals had gone 0-3 um, since the Super Bowl era, I think it's 253 times or whatever it is, teams that started 0-3 and only six had, had uh, gone to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now with the 1-2 and two record, since the playoff format changed in 2020, almost one out of every three is going to the playoffs with a 1-2 and two record over 30%. So this one was important, and they got it. Up next, a road game against the 1-2 and two Tennessee Titans who lost to Cleveland on Sunday 27-3. The Titans had a total of 94 offensive yards in that game. They had more punts, seven, than first downs, six. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber. Now, time for this week's Fun Facts segment where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some Fun Facts with running back Chase Brown. You are from Canada, London, Ontario specifically, roughly the same distance from Toronto, Detroit, and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Is there anything unique to Canada that you miss when you're in the U.S.? Um, The food. You know, you got mom's cooking, but also like Canadian signatures like poutine. Um, You know, there's a couple other things that come to mind, like an elephant ear, just like this sweet, um, sugary, kind of deep fried thing, but uh, just a little stuff like that. You have a twin brother, Sydney, and you are mirror twins. I am familiar with identical twins. Is there a difference? So we're identical visually, but um, we're mirrored in different ways. Like he writes with his, he's right-hand dominant, I'm left-hand dominant. Um, You know, my mom will go into the detail of our hair curling opposite ways um, and just, just kind of think of it along the lines of that we do things opposite. Fascinating. That's a term I had never heard. So Sydney is a great athlete. He's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. How much did the two of you push each other growing up? Every single day, whether it's a practice, um, even in the classroom sometimes. But just having somebody that has the same goals, same mindset, um, and the same standard, it's hard not to live up to your fullest, being pushed to your fullest on a daily basis. So having him was definitely the reason why I'm sitting here today. Hmm. We're doing Fun Facts with Chase Brown. London, Ontario is a hockey town, but you two obviously gravitated toward football. What's youth football like in London, Ontario? It's growing. When we were playing, it wasn't the the biggest thing. It was kind of like a secondary sport for most kids during the fall. Um, But, you know, starting to turn more into a primary sport where kids are motivated to um, play professionally and take the, the sport as far as they can. CFL rules or American football rules? American football rules when you're young. As soon as you get to high school, that's where those CFL rules start uh, kicking in. Your life story could be a movie, and maybe it will be someday. There were periods of poverty. There was illness. There was drug addiction in the family. Did it feel hopeless at any point? You know what? No. Um, Always been highly motivated, no matter the situation. And just having my brother, you know, building that connection with each other, just knowing uh, right from wrong and, you know, steering each other in the right direction. Um, Not once did it feel hopeless. Um, Was I worried about my family? Of course. Like, that's, I think that's a normal emotion. But, uh, you know, I think to get to where we ended up, it uh, had a lot to do with our mindset and 
just ignoring the the outside noise and the situation that was there in front of us and just uh, seeing it through every single time. What was the low point? I would probably say when my mom got sick, that was probably the lowest point. Um, we were still in Canada, uh, rough situation going on at home, but at the end of the day, we always had football, and that was a way to get away from that and um, keep ourselves focused. So at the age of 16, your mom drove you and your brother to Florida. Yeah. You started playing football at a prep school, started attending that prep school. How did it change your life? Oh, my gosh. It's just in so many, so many different ways. Uh, first of all, academically. Um, second of all, you know, we started building a, like a routine that is honestly that, that we keep doing to this day, you know, just staying on top of everything, um, prioritizing your work, being organized, just, just little things that we didn't have before going down there. And uh, just thinking about how those, uh, just those little skills developed into big time skills in our life, especially with the careers that we're in right now. You lived with a host family. Describe that experience. Weird at first. I mean, you barely know them. Um, you're trying to grasp a feel for them on a daily basis. And then you just start clicking. And, uh, you know, it feels like you're at home. Uh, you start getting less and less homesick. And, you know, we, we uh, became really close with the Yates family, and we still talk to them on a daily basis to this day. Mm. Um, they follow both of us closely. And, um you know, love them to death, but great people. I just, I just can't even imagine uh, from their, their end, you know, just inviting two 16-year-old boys to come live with them to, you know, study and play football. High school boys, so I just, I just can't imagine what they were thinking. We're doing fun facts with Chase Brown. Your prep school team didn't lose a game in two years, and you and her brother got Division One scholarship offers and eventually wound up together at Illinois. But you started out at Western Michigan with the dream of becoming a pilot, yep. correct? Yep, that was it. I wanted to be a pilot, and that's honestly almost all I cared about at the moment. I was so focused on um, getting the best of both worlds, and that was the flight school, number one, and then playing Division One football, number two. And that kind of swapped once I got there. You just realize, um, well, I realized quickly that the, the flight thing wasn't really going to happen, um, and then football was my main priority. And then in the back of my head, you know, why, why do that without my brother, right? And you know, I eventually put my name in the portal, end up Illinois, and the kind of the rest is history. We uh, got back in that routine of pushing each other every single day, and it just transferred the football field. You had a tremendous career with a fighting Illini. You were fourth in the nation in rushing yards last year. What was the highlight of your college experience? Winning. Um, I mean, we we put together a good season that that the the city, the the school, um, the community, uh, extremely excited for. Um, kind of like what we have going on here. It's just you know, you you once you uh, start winning games, you know, you you give something the people to care about, right? And that was that was the biggest highlight is um, you know just doing my best for that university all four years I was there. And um, just leaving, feeling like uh, you know I left the place better than um, it was when I first got there. You and your brother were both selected in this year's NFL draft. Sydney went in the third round to Philly. You went in the fifth round to Cincinnati. Describe the draft experience. Stressful. Um, and then seeing my brother go on day two, and then having to wait and kind of figure out where I was gonna go. Uh, I mean, it's just like an instant weight off your shoulders and. Um, you can start to visualize uh, where you're going to be 
and who you're going to be around as far as teammates. And uh, I was I was extremely excited as soon as I got my name called, and you know I got to celebrate that with my brother and you know the rest of my family. It'll be a moment I remember the rest of my life. Time for some wild card topics now with Chase Brown. Do you have any hidden talents? Uh, I can juggle. I mean, I don't know if there's a hidden talent. I can cook. Yeah. I'd say juggling and cooking are probably my secret talents that uh, go on outside of the facility. How many objects can you juggle? Three. I'm not, I'm not like a, a circus person, but, you know, three is impressive enough to me. That's three more than I can juggle. What are you terrible at? Laundry, probably. Hmm. I'm kind of just, I throw everything in at once and then uh, reap the uh, results of that. So uh, I would say laundry. Separate those uh, whites and those colors. Uh-huh. Yep. Need to get better at that. What is the biggest misconception that Americans have about Canada? We don't live in igloos, number one. <laughs> um, the accent isn't as crazy as people make it sound down here. And number three, not everybody's super nice, but majority of people are nice. <laughs> Do you have any tattoos? And if so, what's the most meaningful? Um, I have a few tattoos. The most meaningful are probably um, the ones on my, my shoulders. It's my mom's birthday, my grandma's birthday, just two women that are extremely important to me. And um, just having that tattooed on me is something that I want to do for them. Final fun fact for Chase Brown. This one's a little bit deep. If you could meet... Anybody in history, living or deceased, athlete, entertainer, statesman, whoever it might be, who would that person be? Um, I would probably say just as far as mindset and uh, competitive attitude, I'd say Kobe Bryant. Mm. Um, he's, you know, beast on the, on the court, but his mindset is really what separates him from others. So, him. Do you try to have the Mamba mentality? Um, in some areas, I'm either, yeah, like definitely focused. Um, I'm a pretty serious dude, I guess, when it comes to work. So, uh, yeah, and with a work environment for sure. It's great to have you here in Cincinnati. Best of luck the rest of the year, and thanks for the time. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and sign merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. And by Kettering Health, the official healthcare provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde. Thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.